Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her and walk her. Oh, yes we are. Surprise! My name is Summer Yeager. And Surprise. Well, sir. not sir. Yeah, you have not to. sir. I know. Excuse me. It's all about how you say fake words that really That's makes true. them yeah. important. <laughs> you have to put the right emphasis on the right syllable. Mm-hmm. Um, on the right fake part of the, of the word. Syllable. <laughs> Did you know that all English words have to contain a vowel, and that's why we have the silent e? I mean, I've been memorizing all the thirty-one spelling rules that govern ninety-eight percent of the English all, language. I did know that they all uh, <laughs> contained a vowel, but I—they have to. That's what the function of the silent e is. Okay. Anyway, um, my name. So just jam one in there. Can you tell I'm teaching elementary school kids? <laughs> my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy and Joy. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what the weirdest thing is that you have in your vehicle. Weird for you or anyone. Just weird. I think um, mine is just weird in general. Overall, it can be entered into a weirdness <clears throat> contest in many categories. I actually think. Okay, go ahead. No, nope, go ahead. <laughs> And well, now a part of me is like, do I have something weirder than this in my car? No. How about the steak? <laughs> oh, that's not weird for me, though. See, exactly. <laughs> for you or in general. Every time I get in Joy's car, there's a wooden steak on the floorboard and I just have to ride with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's actually part of a friction fire kit. Obviously. <laughs> but it's by itself not causing fire. So it just looks right. like a wooden yeah. steak. For vampires. Yeah. To ward um, off the vampires in Phoenix. <laughs> this is not where they would live. But well, so it's not even the weirdest thing in my car. No. Yeah. And I guess it shows you that, yeah, so what's weird for some is not weird for all. Yeah. But I think this is pretty weird for all. I have a um Thorn of uh Thorn of Crowns, Crown of Thorns replica in my car. Right I have now. questions. And I don't quite know how to feel about it. What uh, number one? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, it was given to me. Oh, it was a gift by someone who was getting rid of it. Oh, okay. so it was like <laughs> sounds like a, like a weird like, like it was a movie a, setup. It was a gift to someone else, uh-huh. and then this person just can't hold on to it anymore. So. They're giving it. They gave it to me, and it just seemed like something you can't say no to. The more and, you explain, but also it's like the less I understand. It's important. It seems important to not just be like throw this away. <laughs> but so I understand. Like, is it heavy? Is it wooden? Is oh, it's it really? Re- it's sharp. It's wooden. It isn't the whole point of it. it. They sell them somewhere in Texas. We're not surprised. It's Texas. Oh, they sell. They them actually in- make them people make them it is an actual replica of the crown i keep wanting to say thorn of crowns yeah crown of thorns and the whole point is it's some sort of 
Is it supposed to be like a reminder? Crucifixion. It's not memorabilia. It's supposed to be reverent. It's not. Oh, okay. But this is where I don't know entirely how I feel about it because. It's weird. Because I, it's not meant to be displayed. It's like oh. in a box. But then I'm like, well, then what do you do with it's it? It's not to be worn. Right. So. Then what do you. And so I don't know if you just like you're... take it out when it's meaningful, <laughs> like when it feels right. So your friend was trying to get rid of it. Not my friend. It's not my and friend. And you couldn't say but... no because you felt bad. No, it just seemed like the fact that. You are so much nicer than I am. <laughs> no, it just, it really legitimately, I could tell she wanted to keep it. Oh. But you just can't hold on to every heartfelt thing that's given to you. No. This person is also different. They're a family member. I'm okay. just going to go ahead and say they're a family member who I yeah. love dearly. Yeah. Um, and they just have a different, like they're from a different denomination. They're a different age than me. Yeah. This is not something Someone that listening I, has this. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing is like. They should call it's us sitting in my and car tell right us now and why. It's sitting in my car for the same reason that I accepted it. Because it just seems it seems important, but I don't know how I feel about it being in my life. Yeah. So it's just in your car because you don't know what to do with it. Well, I need to take it up into my house, but does what does that mean? <laughs> you're committing. If you take it upstairs, you're committing. I know. If you leave it in the car, I'm committing to put it in a closet committing. and periodically show it to people. Do you feel like you can't but get it's... rid of it? No. And then I'm like, do I offer it to someone else? No. But then, I feel like it needs is it to weird? End with you. is it heretical? Is it like, <laughs> is it irreverent? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I feel like some people probably use it for like Sunday school to like show kids. Right, and that's why I'm this like, is what it would have looked I'm like, like. Do I offer it to the church to like pull out every once in a while? But is it something it's that just weird? I just don't see. I'm just from a different. Yeah. It's weird. time and it's just yeah but i don't and listen if you can't demonstrate something to children on a felt board then it should not be demonstrated <laughs> and really it's like it's this handcrafted thing and it really gets the point across much more than just saying like trying to describe what it would be like to have a crown of thorns on your head but I just, I guess my concern, I'm like, is this weird in some way? Is it irreverent? I think is my main thing. Yeah. I don't think it's wrong to have it. But, and I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. I really don't. Yeah. I know how I feel about this person. Yeah. I love this person. Yeah. And I know how I feel about the crucifixion. And I'm so like, yeah. I mean, etern literally, eternally grateful. Right. Um. Well, if you if we want to get serious for a second, which I don't really want to, but I will, uh, you know, I do think so. You see a lot in Catholicism a focus on like whenever you see a cross, like Jesus is right. on it, yeah, all like bloody, a, the and, crucifix as opposed to the to a cross, yeah, like with him on it, yes, yeah, and there that does say something about their view of what happened. In the crucifixion, which is in, in their Bibles, Jesus didn't say it is finished. He says it is accomplished, right. meaning he made something possible for you. And there really is this 
I think in in on our in reform theology, I think of Christ as seating sitting at the right hand of the Father. Right. He came to do what he intended to do. He is not on the cross anymore. That doesn't mean there's never a place to contemplate the crucifixion right. because you ought to do so. Right. But he's not there anymore. He rose. <laughs> he did what right. he came to do. Um that work is finished and I don't think of him as still bleeding on the cross. Right. His he defeated death. Which I guess is where because I know how I feel about like a crucifix with yeah. that. So I Jesus think I, what I'm saying is I think there's some other it's like a trace element of that yeah of just focusing on i don't know i don't think that if you think of christ the first thing that should come to your mind is necessarily a crown of thorns or him still being on the cross or that bloody scene not that that's not part of well and i don't think that's what having one no means no but so what i'm saying is for me yeah that's what that would bring me to right that's why i wouldn't because I know for me, that's what it would be. Right. So I you wouldn't am not going to just like have it in storage. No. See, that's where I, like, I don't, I just don't. That doesn't mean I don't, I'm not saying anybody, whatever. Yeah. We're not. Look, <laughs> everything that she just, the person who gave it to me is not Catholic. And the person who gave it to me rejoices in the resurrection. Of right. Christ. Right. Like, of course. Yeah. This is not, we're <laughs> right. not like, this is, this is a conversation we would have had whether, Right. We were recording or not. Um, but yeah, do you understand the dilemma yeah, I'm I do. having? I feel that. You I know, I really get that. Um, I was trying to think about what's in my car. Yeah. Just, yeah. And then why I, don't you tell us? <laughs> and then I realized that I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer this question very well because it's not weird to me, but I have like a giant package of Lysol wipes in oh. my center yeah. console it's not weird to me that you have that oh i keep a stash but... of um sriracha packets oh that's is smart. that weird okay. that's, i mean for some but that's just smart so what i do <laughs> i don't know if it's this... very functional um every time i go to starbucks no matter what i order i also order a packet of sriracha oh just for <laughs> like extra they... yeah and well, then that's just... like you have to do that too when you go to chick-fil-a you yeah. have to like pick up an extra sauce so you yeah, can add you it just to your sauce keep collection. it in the I keep it in a little console with my Lysol wipes, my dollar bills, and my bandanas. Okay. Is that weird? I don't think so. Okay. I think uh, everything you said just makes sense. And we keep homeless bags in the back Mm -hmm. so we can hand them out. Yeah. When we're driving around. Homeless bags are, I guess I just said that without, we, (laughs) our church makes bags to give to homeless people. So they include, you know, snacks, toiletries, water, the gospel. That way you can... Everything you need. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) these are our greatest needs. The gospel. (laughs) Water, the gospel, For some reason, I imagine you, like, open the bag (laughs) and, like, a voice just, like, comes out. (laughs) Like, you, like, you, like, say it into the bag and you zip it up really quick. (laughs) No, not no. A tr- yeah, that's not it. Um, <laughs> a pamphlet. A pamphlet. Yes, a tract. <laughs> a gospel tract is in there. Um, my kids love. They get upset when we don't have any to hand out. Yeah, when we're driving around. So, <laughs> just gotta keep them, 
keep them in the back there easily accessible anyway yeah to your credit you have functional in the car things i'm just i just have i happen to have my thing in the you, car you have something in the car you just i like don't can't commit know. to the car is a neutral space can we all agree yes with that? thank you <laughs> It's a totally neutral space. It's, an e- it's a neutral space in between, yes. like, not in your life and in your life. Yes. And so sometimes yes. things just have to stay in the car for a sec. I also think there is a opposite relationship between how dirty or clean your car is versus how dirty or clean your house is. So I am convinced that if your car is really clean... Your house is dirty? Your house is dirty. And if your car is dirty, <laughs> your house is clean. Our car really takes, our really our car really takes one for the team mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't care what my car looks like. My husband doesn't understand. Um, but also, like every time I get in somebody's car that's dirty, I absolutely have been to their house and their house is clean. You're like I know you're not a dirty person. You just or feel messy the, or no. cluttered. Like just this is not for living in. It's right. for getting. From yeah. A to B, and then you get out, and you can forget about it and not yeah. look at it. Well, and we keep lots of stuff in our car because yeah. of because of camping and Matthew going out and using his stake, using his friction fire kit. <laughs> it just right. you know, there's just stuff. Some of us need more stuff than others, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um. I also do, I also feel I do feel like your car is a great place to keep those emergency like extra diapers that kind of thing. So they just yeah. kind of they hold. they're like an extension of your purse, really. Your yes. car is an extension of your purse. Thank you. It is my large purse <laughs> on wheels. You can also drive around with air conditioning <laughs> and sriracha. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. No problems. Here. I get really. I don't know what I'm going to do when I have children that can sit up front because that's where my water sits. <laughs> Like my water lives in my passenger seat. Hydrojug needs to create some sort of like Car insert <laughs> insert into a cup holder that like expands the cup holder to fit the base. Yes. This I is actually I a great know. idea. Why are they still they haven't really changed of all the things that have changed in this world, cup holder size has not really changed very much. No, it's very frustrating. But I don't know who who uses cup holders for cups because Y'all are drinking that little? I don't get it. Yeah. No. I just don't relate. Unless you're bringing a coffee cup in the car, which don't even get me started don't. on open cups in the car. Psychopath. <laughs> I mean, I I do it sometimes out of necessity, but is there anything more stressful? No. Yes, but. Oh, I, the answer is no. If for, for the me. sake of this conversation, <laughs> there is nothing more stressful. Seeing people drive around with mugs of hot coffee just makes me be like, I'm driving amongst psychopaths. Yeah. I don't understand your life. I don't understand what you're doing. We're different. Yeah. You and I are different. Well, uh, speaking of people we're different from, (laughs) what a segue. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) She did it. (laughs) This week, it's my turn to talk about third, a third wave feminist. And I have selected Rebecca Walker. I mean, she's the one. Right. She is the one. That's all there is to it. Did you know that the E at the end of the is just a lazy vowel? <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. I For this and more tips, <laughs> check out Sheila Summer's Jones. Homeschool, <laughs> where we study spelling. Okay. Anyway. If you know her kids, feel free to quiz them. <laughs> Please quiz to them. To see if this is sunken. <laughs> 
<clears throat> okay. I shall begin. Yes, let's go. All right. Well, um, Rebecca Walker was born Rebecca Leventhal in 1969. Hmm. Uh, she is the daughter, I think, uh, whether she likes this or not, a very notable thing about her is that she is the daughter of Alice Walker, who wrote The Color Purple, who is a very, very famous civil rights activist, feminist, um, I'm Googling her right now just because I, although I've read her, I've never seen a picture of her. Okay. Now I've seen a yeah. picture of mm-hmm. her. Got it. Um, okay. So uh, when she was young, her parents divorced and she traveled between New York City and San Francisco and would stay two years at a time. Ooh. Uh, she. Uh, That's rough. In an article that she wrote, she said that was a very weird arrangement, but obviously she was a kid, so she wasn't a part of making was that she arrangement. She's not consulted about that. <laughs> um, and so uh, she, you know, that was a very weird way for a kid to grow up. And she had, um, when she was living with her dad, she had kind of more of a classic family type the mom was a little more homemakery and it was just more of like sort of your average family life and then she would go to San Francisco and she had a mom that uh, was very busy worked a lot um and then also was very famous yes and um so basically uh Rebecca started experimenting mm-hmm sexually mm-hmm. with drugs uh she does claim to be bisexual now um okay. and uh she just well when she was 14 she had an abortion mm. um and i think it's just 14 wow yeah, i think it's just obvious that she had mm. she was kind of doing making her own way mm-hmm. as a 14 year old 13 year old she she said that she started having sex when she was 13. Um, and she, it's not just that she had the freedom and mm. in ter- as far as her mom goes, it was even kind of considered like an empowerment thing oh, that yeah. she supported. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting <clears throat> how everyone who quote, supposedly champions uh, sex and gender, like they all, end up just living lives of horrible perversion right well and she even said she said this for feminists to say that abortion carries no consequences is simply wrong wow um so when she was 15 she changed her last name back to walker Hmm. because she wanted to sort of be connected to her mom in that way Mm -hmm. um she is a yale graduate Mm-hmm. And then she is the founder of the Third Wave Foundation, which is now called the Third Wave Fund. Um, there current here are a few current statements on the Third Wave Fund website. Uh, the Third Wave Fund resources and supports youth-led intersectional gender justice activism. <laughs> we build on the brilliance of our communities using responsive and participatory grant making so we can sustain our movements and thrive now and long term. Gender justice is defined as a movement to end patriarchy, transphobia, homophobia, misogyny, 
Since gender oppression is tied to capitalism, classism, racism, ageism, and ableism, gender justice can only be truly achieved when all forms of oppression cease to exist. Um, so I just had to go to the third wave. Fund. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. It uh, looks exactly like he thought it would look. No, it's worse. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's bad. Don't, I guess maybe I was expecting it. Don't but. go. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend casually. So the first thing on the front page says sex worker giving circle. And it has a really gross cartoon and it's all about decriminalizing sex work which is mm-hmm. which means prostitution right but that's a bad word now so yeah mm-hmm. they don't they want you to call it something else right yeah they also have an emergency abortion fund oh okay um so we're just down in the gutter got it yep just really climbing down there okay. um so another statement that they've also made is third wave is led by and for the constituencies we serve because there can be nothing about us without us We believe that lived experience generates wisdom, creativity, and expertise. The most impacted by oppression are best positioned to design and lead the way toward justice. So obviously this is a modern uh, Mm. version of what she created. But I can tell you that her ideas behind the foundation of of how it originated were not different from Mm. how it is now. It, there's probably some different lingo, mm-hmm. but she was not exclusive of sexuality and all the different types of oppression. Um, she really embraced that third wave feminism, which the key difference was the inclusion of not just, like a lot of people say that second wave feminism was feminism for rich white women. Right. But not all, <laughs> some women are men. Right. And some women are black and right. some women are bi and some women are right. in wheelchairs. And, and so that this didn't. This is the real deconstruction. Right. Time. Yes. This is when it really started. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we'll get into her. The main reason I picked her uh, for my third wave feminist is because she coined the term. Um, in her right. well-known article called I Am the Third Wave. And it was published in 1992. She was 22 years old. Um, here's a few quotes from that. Um, she said, I realize that I must undergo a transformation if I am truly committed to women's empowerment. My involvement must reach beyond my own voice and discussion, beyond voting, beyond reading feminist theory. My anger and awareness must translate into tangible action. She also said, um, to be a feminist is to integrate an ideology of equality and female empowerment into the very fiber of my life. It is to search for personal clarity in the midst of systemic destruction, to join in sisterhood with women when often we are divided, to understand power structures with the intention of challenging them. So this is my plea. So I write this as my plea to all women, especially the women of my generation, Let Thomas's confirmation Mm. serve to remind you, as it did me, that the fight is far from over. Let this dismissal of women's experience move you to anger. Turn the outrage into political power. Do not vote for them unless they work for us. Do not have sex with them. Do not break bread with them. Do not nurture them if they don't prioritize our freedom to control our bodies and our lives. I am not a post-feminism feminist. I am the third wave. 
Um, so the Thomas yeah. that she's referring to in that quote was a confirmed Supreme Court justice who was confirmed despite unsubstantiated allegations of sexual harassment from a female lawyer that worked <clears throat> yep. under him. Um, and uh, I just want to be clear that in the investigation of those claims, they were unable to substantiate them. Right. Um, I also want to note that in the article, she compares that situation with a personal story of men actually being wicked brutes. Um, and I just want to be clear that uh, we condemn actual wickedness and not unsubstantiated alleged <laughs> wickedness. Um, she tells a story in the article about men who um, get on the bus or is it a train? I forget if it's the know. train or the, a bus. But anyway, so she's it's her. There's another there's other women on the vehicle, the train yeah. slash bus. I'm totally forgetting now. Um, and then there's a young girl uh, with her mom. And these men are just on and they're just speaking foully and being cruel and specifically just rude and perverse towards women. And she like, you know. Um, oh, it was a train because she went, she moved to the next car. Got it. Um, but uh, she like conflates that real experience of men just being foul with Clarence the unsubstantiated, yeah, the unsubstantiated <laughs> cl claims of sexual harassment, which in the article she also isn't clear. This is a this is a conversation we've had before. Uh, the term sexual harassment for a feminist does not mean sexual yeah. assault. Right. Uh, it does not mean actual violence. And I'm not saying that anything that's not violence is okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying that it is different. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I do not agree with her comparison between those two things. Um, yeah. And I think that that makes... It's it's a huge difference between I would say what we believe at versus what well and it just tells you everything teaches. you need to know about um, number one accusations that are not able to be corroborated uh, and then just seeing the same thing in guys being jerks it just when someone is not able to critically make any distinction right. between these things which she was twenty two. They're when she not, wrote this. They're so. not arguing in, they're not arguing in good faith. Like they're not right. there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. There's activism there that that demonstrates a lack of clear thinking and it also demonstrates a motivation that should be suspect. Right. When you start to sort of mold stories to fit what the you story you're want trying people to tell. To believe. Right. And the only the only point of a story I could come away with there is that just men are bad. Right. There's really nothing right. else to take from that. Well, and the whole point, another huge point of the article is to say, like, women need to be supporting women. Women need to believe Anita Hill was the woman that made the unsubstantiated allegations against Clarence Thomas. Um, and a lot of her thing was like, they just vilified her and they just made her look bad, but we need to be believing women when they say right. that they're sexually harassed and it's like, well, that's not how our justice system works. You just don't believe just believe someone based off of what right. they say, well. because sometimes people say things that are not true. Um, 
And how about uh, this? Sometimes women say things that are not true. No, <laughs> no, that's heresy in the new uh, theology of the world. It's actually not so new. Hopefully, this whole thing has showed you it's not so new. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, in 1995, she edited a collection of essays and articles, um, and it was called "To Be Real." She like put them into a book. It was called To Be Real, Telling the Truth, and Changing the Face of Feminism. Mm. So she wrote the introduction for it as well. And it's just very telling to me. She kind of waffled about... Um, she was saying that ex- like experiences are complex and you don't have to denounce feminism because you're a man or a Christian or like to be degraded in bed or have a relationship with your parents who are transphobic. Um, and so it was just kind of this, um, it's basically this, when you read it, if you're not thinking critically, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like I get it. Like humans are complex, like things are, but she's deceived herself into thinking that feminism makes no distinctions until she finally comes out and says it when she writes this. This continuing legacy of feminism, which demands that we know and accept ourselves, jettisoning societal norms that don't allow for our experiences, is a politically powerful decision. For in these days of conservative and exclusionary politics predicated upon notions of black and white, who is entitled to resources and who is not, of who is good and who should be incarcerated... It is more important than ever to fight to be all of who we are rather than allowing ourselves and others to be put into boxes meant to categorize and dismiss. We can use the complexity of our lives to challenge the belief that any person or group is more righteous, more correct, more deserving of life (laughs) than any other, which I'm going to go ahead and point out considering abortion, Ah, there's a lot of irony there. You played yourself. (laughs) Um, but it's, this is just a huge peeve of mine with feminism, the use of this like holy inclusion. That's so holy that no one could be excluded except for those that are, must be excluded. (laughs) AKA, (laughs) right. AKA people who disagree with me. (laughs) Or if you want to be really, if you want to be really straightforward about it, white people versus black people, like (laughs) it's crazy. She said it right there. Um, but yeah, and so this is just, I really wanted to bring that up just because this is, I think it seems a little inconsequential, but I think that Mm. thought right there is what has deceived so many people. They read the literature and they're like, oh, this just seems kind of like, you know, the human experience, like we get it all we should we're all figuring it out. Right. And it's like, no, No. she's not saying (laughs) that we all are figuring it out. She's saying we're all figuring it out, but I know the way. Right. And my way involves this. Yes. And also, just so you know, her way has absolutely not dismissed the idea that any person or group is more deserving of life than the other. Right. They absolutely believe that the unborn are not deserving of life if the mother doesn't want it. And they also absolutely believe that women are more entitled to justice than men. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and two, what you, when you read these feminists, something important to just be 
on the lookout for is the flattening of any sort of the absolute allergy to hierarchy. And they claim that they want equity and inclusion and do, 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 but they have their own hierarchy. So essentially, whenever you hear someone deconstructing, just know they're not just tearing things down to tear them down. They're tearing them down so that they can build what they want to build in its place. So they do believe in hierarchy, like in in the issue of abortion, that their hierarchy is the opposite of God's. <laughs> they have a hierarchy of the mother gets to do whatever she wants. Right. She is worth more. Therefore, we can kill the unborn child. Yep. Um, whereas a Christian view of life would say that both persons are made in the image of God and deserving of life. And we preserve life however we can to the best of our ability. Um, and then, you know, it's just the same thing when you listen to the about who should be quote unquote in power, right? right? It's not like they don't believe anybody should have power. It's just that they believe they should have power. Right. Like <laughs> that's all. Yeah. But they'll say, Oh no, equity, equity. Right. But essentially what they're saying is we want equity, equity. Everything will be equitable when I'm the one in charge. Right. So they have, they're allergic to the hierarchy that God has built mm -hmm. into the world. They just, they want to be at the right. top of the totem pole. And this right. is like tale as old as time. Right. Well, and that's, that's the point of the whole, like, we're all just figuring it out. It's this deconstruction of, oh, do you have beliefs? Well, you know what? You can figure those things out on the way to becoming a feminist. Right. And it's like. <laughs> the more you come close to my position. <laughs> right. It's fine. It's yeah. fine with me. The more you agree with me. Yes. Is basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. What you're hearing. The less problematic I find you. Yes. The closer to God. It's really, uh, yeah, I I hope that all these are really helping obvious. you guys see yeah. that. Okay, so then in, to, um, in 2007, she wrote a book called Baby Love, Choosing Motherhood After a Lifetime of Ambivalence. Mm. And this is actually a book that she wrote after she had a child. Um, and... And this article and in, uh, this book and an accompanying article that she wrote in 2009 called uh, How My Mother's Fanatical Views Tore Us Apart is really my secondary reason for choosing her as my third wave feminist. Because is what's more interesting in a character study on feminism to hear the words of a woman who was raised by a, a famous feminist. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she wrote this, she, she wrote the book, baby love. And, um, it's very much a like motherhood pregnancy book. It talks a lot about like basic tips and stuff like that, but it also yeah. talks about sort of the feminist, um, interaction with having a baby and, um, and how, how it is really re rewarding and um, all these things and how much she loves her child. But um, I'm really more interested. I think the, the article that I spoke about that she wrote in 2009, again, called how my mother's fanatical views tore us apart. It, it really lends. Um, I'm sorry. Repeat that title. <laughs> how my oh. mother's fanatical views tore us apart. 
Um, I do think they are since reconciled, but at the time that this article was written, <laughs> she had been written out of Alice Walker's will. They were not speaking. Alice Walker wasn't a great mother. I am shocked. <laughs> so, um, so in that article, uh, she said, the truth is that I very nearly missed out on becoming a mother thanks to being brought up by a rabid feminist who thought motherhood was about the worst thing that could happen to a woman. Just so you know, um, I'm not totally clear on the details, but this article was published by the Daily Wire. Okay. In 2009? In 2009. The Daily Wire was doing stuff in 09? Why am I, am I mixing them up again? Who? Who's what's Ben Shapiro's thing? Yeah, that's Daily Wire. I keep I keep it's the Daily Mail. I'm sorry, oh, I did this in another okay. episode okay. too. Did you? Yes, I did. Okay. The pusher one. I oh. it confused them. I'm so sorry. Daily Wire, Daily I don't Mail know. are very different. They are very different. And that's why I'm like, I'm gonna get it wrong again. I knew I was gonna I get you. it wrong again. I got you. Mail. The Daily Mail. The got Daily it. Mail. Okay. Yes. They are <laughs> they are a tabloid. Got it. They're way different. Um and I don't think, I don't know that she was under the impression when she wrote this that it would be published with her name on it. I think there's like a little bit of drama surrounding that. And I don't think it actually says, if I went, I'd have to go back and look at the article, but I don't think it actually says by Rebecca Walker. I think it says by the daughter of Alice Walker. <laughs> Well, but she only <laughs> but had I'm, so many, right? But I think that was an interesting choice considering yeah. the title and content of the article. Um, okay, so uh, she also, uh, in regards to her article, she, uh, in an interview, she said, what was transmitted to me was not that being a mom was the worst possible choice, but that it could definitely be a s serious hindrance and that there were other things worth pursuing more. Mm. She in in the article. Imagine your mom just saying to you, "Hey, honey, honey, child, I have so many more important things to do today, and and she take care of you." She, she found before it was published, she found a poem that is now published. Yeah, um, that her mom wrote letter to my daughter. Yeah, basically, like she talks about like the madness of Virginia Woolf, like basically the women that these powerful, strong women that had this thorn in their side which was their child were. and well for other women it was other things but for her it was her daughter Ooh. um mm. and so uh mm. and so in the in the article she said um while she has taken care of daughters all over the world and is hugely revered for her public work and service my childhood tells a very different story oh. i came very low down in her priorities after work, political integrity, self-fulfillment, friendships, spiritual life, fame, and travel. Um, mm. She said that. Yeah. Imagine claiming uh, to love women and then right. have a woman that you're responsible for mm -hmm. and being like, not you. Yeah. I love women, but not you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And she really, the reason they had a falling out is because she was pregnant mm. she told her mom that she was pregnant and um mm. her mom was like silent 
mm-hmm. and obviously had a lot of opinions and her mom has never ever responded to any um request for interviews or anything about this article ever yeah i mean i don't blame her no um she'd have to answer for yeah i mean yeah she's a fraud it exposes her as a fraud right is what it does right well and so and so the interesting thing to kind of bring this very sad part (laughs) back to our topic at hand is that um a lot in the baby love book um Rebecca Walker sort of makes this distinction that like my mom told me that like having a child was enslavement, but actually it's really rewarding. Mm. And I came to this conclusion that like without the right worldview, like enslavement and rewarding are just two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just talk about how in a humanist materialist worldview, the only reason to have children is for you not because they're a person. Right. Um, but because of, because they're, they're like, she says things too, like it offers her a different perspective and it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a, it's like a checked off box of like, yeah. Oh, well now I have expanded myself. Right. And allowed myself this opportunity. Right. Um, and like, I, th- I much prefer the rewarding side as as opposed to the enslaving side. Mm-hmm. But I just feel the need to point out that they're the same thing when it's about you. Yeah, well, essentially, all responsibility is either going to be enslavement or rewarding, depending on who you're doing it for. Right. So taking responsibility and living in a way that's pleasing for the Lord is rewarding but then if you are but doing not it, just for you right it's rewarding for the kingdom it yeah. brings glory to god it is it does enrich your life but if you are being forced to be responsible and you have nothing to be do it for outside of your own feelings and desires yeah. like it's going to be slavery yeah like if you're doing if if your only motivation is what you want and you're forced to be responsible by like having a kid. Right. Or having a job or well, whatever. And you're going to hate it. Just from her perspective, it's like she feels like she's different from her mom because she just wants her kid around. Yeah. Oof. But that's really not what parenting is. Parenting right. isn't just mm-hmm. being rewarded day in, day out mm-hmm. by your child, like loving your child. That's mm-hmm. a it's a part of it sure but it's not sure that's not it no um but for some people that's all it is yeah um and i just i don't know that's mm. it's important to consider um there's i <sighs> the last two things that i'm gonna share are basically just things that I don't have a ton of commentary <laughs> to go along with. Okay. They're just her words. And I think they're important. Sometimes just their words speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, so she said, feminism has betrayed an entire generation of women into childlessness. It is devastating. Wow. And she basically talked about like, she talked about women who were like physically unable to have kids because of previous actions 
women who mm. women who have their PhD and they're like, I just spent the last decade of my life doing this and now I like can't have kids. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, her conclusion is a lot like Arlie. She she's concluding that it's an unfortunate injustice that's the fruit of like an unfinished, imperfect ideology that we'll just improve on and we'll just get better. It's that. Oh, man, I forget what Arlie was calling it. Mm. Um, like a stalled revolution. Mm. Like it's it's just a hiccup in the revolution. Because it hasn't figured out a way to give women everything plus motherhood. Yes. OK. Yes. It hasn't figured out a way to give women everything it wants, everything they want with no consequences and no one having to give up anything. This is just what it means to uh, be a rebel in God's world. Right. Essentially, you hate his rules. And so when you look at reality and the reality is the older you get, the harder it is to have babies. Right. But you don't want to have them when your body can easily have right. them. Then you are, you're bucking a system that you literally can't buck. Like right. you can't change that. Well, and you can't change that you can't have everything. Right. Not only is that a totally observable truth of this world, but specifically for women, it's biblical. Yeah. You can't have everything. And maybe you, there's something to learn from that. We, we ought to learn from nature, right? Nature is a great school teacher. Schoolmaster, is that the phrase? I think I might have messed up. <laughs> it's okay. I First almost master. threw Ben Shapiro under the bus again <laughs> in this episode, so I think it's okay. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, but you, you ought to look at nature and go, okay, I was not designed to have the majority of my childbearing years between the ages of 37 and 45. That's not when female right. bodies easily produce right. Right. children. Right. Um, that doesn't mean it's never happened or it can't happen. Right. It's we, just we not know that. the most. But that is your yeah. chances are not great. We know that it's, it becomes less and less safe, less and less possible. Right. So we ought to learn okay god created the universe what is he telling me i should be doing if i if i can if right. i'm in the position to right if i'm married in my 20s this is the literally the healthiest safest time for me to be having children right and then the reality is you're still if you're between the ages of 37 and 45 and you had your babies in your 20s, your kids are going to be grown up and moved out and you still are young and get to do lots of things. Right. <laughs> um, well, and I'm sorry, but we have strayed so far from equity here because like, because if feminism is just like an incomplete system that will one day allow you to have everything you want, is the assumption that men have everything they want? Right. <laughs> Right. Is that really right? The naive. I'm no, not naive. It's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It is foolish. It is as foolish as a kid throwing a fit, trying to manipulate someone with their fingers in their ears, denying all sorts of reality. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That like there is, there there can't be a system. Which allows you to have everything you want. Yeah. That's not it. 
Well, and it's just a hilarious idea. And I think we're starting to wake up to this more and more because I even see women online, young women online. Mm -hmm. um, And I think I've brought it up. Maybe. I don't know. Just joking about how like (laughs) they were like, thanks a lot early feminists because I used to be able to stay at home and right. cook and do right. the things I enjoy doing. And now I have to go to my stupid job. Right. <laughs> and we're starting to joke. Like I see this, I see this joke all the time online. It's a picture of like a woman and she's in her house and she's got her cute kids loving on her or whatever. And she's got her dogs and she's got her husband and she's got, you know, a grocery full of food. And it's like, somebody tell this woman she's miserable and needs to go work at a cubicle and it's like she's at home comfy she needs to go become a paralegal (laughs) right like then she'll be fulfilled and it's just like it's hilarious because ultimately all humans are able to be miserable wherever they're at number one yeah but also just the idea that like being at home with your kids is not as fulfilling as sitting in a cubicle under and fluorescent like, lights yeah, for nine hours or a like day. Answering phone calls or having some corporate job. Like, I mean, <laughs> answering the phone calls of people who hate you. <laughs> We're so mad. Like, can you imagine, like, you know, the ticket lady helping you with your Instacart order? Like, do you really think she's just having such a better day than you are because? She's helping people online with their Instacart problems. You know, like, yeah, it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. And they're like, it's not a system that's coming to fruition. It's a right. broken system. Well, we 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 have been far enough in this now that even young women are able to kind of look at this whole thing and go, wait, I have to spend the next 15 years of my life post high school pursuing a corporate job and that's and when I'm 35 then I can figure out all that kind of like life love happiness family thing like well 15 years is how long it takes to get to know a man to know he's not evil. oh right right <laughs> I forget I forget <laughs> about that stupid story too yeah I mean it's just I feel like the that bubble has burst I feel like good the for the most part, the people that say that they are going to get shade from women somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. Well, she I mean, again, her conclusion is totally wrong. Right. But she said it. Her observations are she there. She said it is devastating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Feminism does real, real, real damage. damage. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talked about it already, too. Uh, you, every single person that is hearing this right now, you have, you probably know or have met somebody who, because of feminism, because of birth control, because of feminism affecting the medical industry to the extent that it has, they were on birth control at a really young age and now they are in their childbearing years and they cannot get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that we know that that Mm -hmm. happens yeah. We know that that happens. Mm-hmm. And their children have been stolen from them by their own doctors. Right. It's or their PhD program. Yeah. Or their mom that encouraged them to go become an XYZ instead of whatever or just extended TikTok use that has convinced you that you're a non-binary asexual barber. <laughs> Sorry. 
Barber. I say that because I one time saw this. I've talked about this on another episode, I know. But it's like seared into my memory. There was this, there was this, um, some photographer did this series on gender fluidity and took all these like semi-naked pictures of all these people that claim, and they're like censored, but they're done with I mean, it's just, it's crude. You don't need to look, you don't need to see it. Okay, yeah. But one of them was like a something, it was like, it was like three or four dis- descriptive words about their sexuality and then Barber was at the end. And that's why I just can't, I can never get that out of my head. I was like, really? Barber made its way into that line of... <laughs> anyway. I'm kind of, I'm kind of waffling on how I want to kind of conclude when we talk about the fourth wave or new wave feminism. Yeah. I think the fourth wave is going to be, well, we haven't hit a lot about how feminism is affecting men now, but I had this thought this morning, this guy, uh, he is a, um, he's a journalist and his name is Jesse Kelly. And he's typically very, I would say, um, conservative i've never really listened to his show i just follow him on twitter and he tweeted something this morning that i thought was so interesting and this explains this is something that men this is the way men have been affected by feminism so he said the daily mail not ben shapiro not the daily wire not the daily wire the Um, daily mail joy daily mail ran this article called transgender swimmers are the fastest in women's championships. That's because they're men. So they beat the women. Right. Um, and he retweeted it and said, don't care. This is a, this is a conservative. Don't care. No organized boycotts from the women. Nobody wants to put their names on a story. I will not stand up for people who won't stand up for themselves. Go and hide. Watch your sport be destroyed. The era of cowardice. I see it everywhere and I despise it. And I just thought, no, no, no. Men are supposed to stand up for women. Right. You're being a coward. Right. If you're not willing to stand up for women because what? They won't stand up for themselves. And the fact that he News said. Newsflash. You're a man. You're a man. <laughs> like if you're all for gender like and sex and gender being separate and for transgender men not competing in women's sports, then what do you mean you're not going to stand up? Like he said, I will not stand up for people who won't stand up for themselves. No, no, no. You're saying you won't stand up for women right. who won't stand up for themselves. But that's not what women are supposed to do. Men, right. you're you're being a coward. Now, I agree. Listen, if I was in a sport and men were being allowed to yeah. compete, I would find some way to protest in an appropriate way. But regardless, so because the women aren't standing up, the men aren't going to, like, this person has been affected by feminism far more than he realizes. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you're undeniably right. Even just in, I mean, even the way that we counsel married couples, um, it's just, it's very, this is, the world we live in (laughs) is a feminism shaped world. And let me quote Rebecca Walker. It is devastating. devastating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the last thing that I had to say from her was actually, it's from, um, 
2013, she debuted a novel. I saw that she wrote a novel. Yeah. Was it a novel or a novella? Oh. I forget. I just thought it was a novel. I I forget. It doesn't matter. I think the article I read did say novel, but. Doesn't matter. I mean. Yeah. um, And in it, here's just a quote that I found when I was looking into this novel. Okay. Well, I kept seeing this quote in like some different articles and stuff like that. And I was like, where is this quote from? So I found out that it was from the novel. Um, And it is this. What the heart desires is medicine to itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And my really, my only commentary on that is just like, this woman and I have different worldviews and we believe different things and our beliefs cannot be reconciled to one another. No, no, but it does point to, I, I mean, I just can't, I cannot escape whenever I see an unbeliever attempting to break the rules of God's world, they still know they need to be justified. Right. They still, they're still still looking for medicine. They still want justification. Yeah. They still want to be made right. Yes. They still want to be made whole. Mm -hmm. They know every person knows that they're in rebellion. And pure desires are medicine. Uh Uh-huh. So they know that, justification being yes. made right with god they have some understanding yeah. that like that our desires should be yeah medicine to ourselves everyone agrees the world is broken right everyone yes no matter what line everybody's looking for even the new ager right the world's broken <laughs> mother nature is broken we need to you know we need inner healing like just listen every single person knows the world is broken the question is, do they have the solution? I mean, and obviously there's only one solution. So right. Yeah. That's that. And you can just reject anything else. Yeah. That's so interesting. Anyway, that's Rebecca Walker. I didn't even get to her social media. I was so interested in looking at her social media because of um, Wurzel. You, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I already perused while you were talking Rebecca Walker's website. Uh-huh. It's very nice. Oh, yes. I know. It's very um like blush tones yeah, and stuff like, like relaxing. that. Relaxing. Yeah. And she's obviously just the queen of everything. <laughs> I mean, it's she's got a great media team. She does. And she was on the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith. She, oh, she has. She's done it She's all. done it all. She's actually, I'm pretty sure someone said she was like, femi- one year she was like feminist of the year. Absolutely. Which I was like, I thought that was our thing. Queen, yeah. <laughs> they voted on this without us. I would have voted for her. Absolutely. They want us voting, honestly. <laughs> we know. I have this covered. We know feminists. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, so I wanted, I really thought about playing this voicemail and then I didn't because I just like, wasn't sure they didn't, the girl in the voicemail didn't name herself, but I just like, I would have felt bad if she was embarrassed. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I am going to tell you <laughs> okay, <laughs> what she said. Okay. Um, well, I think I already, I sent it to the, the studio thread. Oh, oh my gosh. We have to talk <laughs> about this. I want I hope she's not embarrassed because really she deserves some kind of 
I thought about texting her, and then I was like, that's creepy. I'm not going to do that. She deserves some kind of recognition, which I guess we're giving to her right now. Okay. Anonymous recognition. So we had okay. this. We had this voicemail from this adorable girl and she's, well, woman, whatever. She said that. We don't, we're not feminists. So like, we're not, we don't mean that in well, a I know that patronizing she's, way. I know she's and, an adult because, right. because in the voicemail, she said it was the day before her 18th birthday uh-huh. and she was listening to one of our feminism is poison episodes mm-hmm. and she was so into it that she wrecked her car <laughs> and totaled it and i did not know how to react at all i was listening to this voicemail and i was just like oh no <laughs> like it's such a compliment but it's also awful <laughs> like it's also like i didn't want that you can't be like i didn't thank want you yeah like <laughs> I didn't want that to happen to her. I hope like she did say everyone was. She okay. She said everyone was okay, but like it doesn't. Even if everyone's okay, like car accidents can be really oh, yeah. traumatizing. Yes. yes. Um, I'm not trying to hurt anybody <laughs> or anybody's property. <laughs> but um, wow, I was just so. Um, I'm also just really. She legends use responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Don't listen and drive. Like, I don't. Um, anyway, just bless her heart. I was just thinking about all the people. She earned, an, I don't know what the title is, <laughs> but she earned a new title in the lore of Sheila Jones. Yeah. Certainly. Like, well, so the last, like, voicemail that we had that made me just, like, shocked was when that that woman called while she was in labor. Oh, yeah. Remember? Right. She belongs in the same category yes, as, yes. yeah. The woman that called in labor and yeah. then the woman. We have, a, just so you guys know, <laughs> we now have an a group, because now there's two, yes. instead of just a singular person. There's two of you. Of extreme fans. Extreme voicemails. <laughs> like the kind of voicemail where it's like, I don't know if I'm happy to get this, <laughs> but I am also happy I got it, but should I be happy? Extreme listeners. Or like... Are you don't okay? try to become a part don't, of the group. Yeah. <laughs> the point of this is you don't do not get try to, this. You do not get to try to compete your way into the into the group of extreme listeners. No. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> extreme callers. <laughs> you will not you will not uh we will not put you in the group no. if you intentionally try to get in there. Yeah, nobody do that. Anyway, <laughs> our voicemail number you all know it already. It's 470 465 0475. Uh, join our book club or just call us while you're skydiving call us no, call us while you're don't, don't do that uh, think of us whenever you a chicken drink there we go that's better <laughs> whenever you drink out of a tiny water bottle and want you to upgrade stay hydrated yeah join us on patreon.com just join our live we are live every wednesday yeah you could come chat with us whenever mm-hmm. you want live <laughs> i mean granted we're typically talking about the book we're reading in book club but I feel like we kind of went off script a little bit last we've taken, week. We've taken some interesting questions yeah. and there's always a little, there's always a little like a my tortoise, tortoise update. My tortoise is there. My weird tiny furniture is there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. That's it. We, we love y'all. And oh, my computer went to sleep. Okay. All right. That's it. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs>